that God has blessed us with them, the mothers, the, the aunts, the grandmas, the, the Sunday school teachers, right? The teacher in school, different people that have come into our lives at just the right exact time that we needed them. I'm thankful for those women that God has placed in our path to, to help us along the way, to be encouragement, to be of guidance, to, to be some strength when we're weary, to, to be something that uplifts us to get through the difficult times. I'm thankful for the, the women and the moms in our life that God has blessed us with. Amen. And I pray that you are as well. I pray that you take time uh, this week, take time today if you at all can, um, to let your mothers know, let the other women in your life, right, know that, that, that they've been an impact to you, they've been important to you, that you love them, and you're thankful that God has blessed you with them. Man, because God, it's because God that He puts these people in our lives at the right time. Um, this morning, as our heart has been on for a couple weeks, and, and, uh, and this idea of I'm tired, Right, I, I'm I'm tired. This has been on our our, our thought. I've, I've caught myself saying this multiple times uh, over the past couple of weeks. You hear other people saying this. I'm tired, and as today is Mother's Day, and and the scripture we're going to read isn't typically a Mother's Day scripture that you can, you can make a case for it. But in Second Timothy chapter one verses two through seven is what we'll be reading. We'll have it up here on the screen, but you're more than welcome to follow along in your Bibles. Um, but it's not really your typical Mother's Day scripture. Um, but as we preach today, as we talk about being tired, I want you mothers and you women that, that in, in our lives, I want you to understand that maybe you're going through seasons where you're tired, right? It's easy to get tired as a mom, to go through things that you're carrying a lot, you're going through a lot, you've got a lot going on, your kids seem to have this, your calendar's full, everything's going on at once, this and that and the other, you're pulling in multiple directions, and you just get home and you just... You just feel tired, right? So mothers, I want you to understand and listen to that today and understand and see what Scripture tells us when we're tired, right? When we've got a lot on us, when we're going through a lot, what, what it says about when we're tired. But even if you're not a mother, right, I feel, I feel this would be very applicable for any of us that are just going through life, right? We all get to seasons and points in our life where if we, somebody asks us how we're doing, we could go into this, that, and the other, but the short answer is just, I'm tired. I'm tired. I mean, I'm tired emotionally, I'm tired physically, I'm tired spiritually. Just you've worked hard, or you've just been through a lot of different things, but you were just drained, you were just tired, you don't want to get up out of bed in the morning, you're just, you're just tired. Maybe some of you came in this morning, and you just felt that this whole week, and you're just like, I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired. You might think, well, that's not something that, you know, God is invested in, or God cares about me being tired, but we see this in Scripture. We're going to point out some illustrations and some, some ways in script, that Scripture speaks into this. But 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2 through 7, some of my favorite Scripture in the Bible um, is the books of Timothy in general. Um, and it goes like this. It says, To Timothy, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, My dearly loved Son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and of sound judgment. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verses 2 through 7. Amen. So I want us to understand real quick, before we get into the meat of the matter, we're talking about being tired. And right here, it doesn't say anything about per se about being tired, right? But let's set the stage for just a moment. We understand in the first book uh, of Timothy um, that Paul basically tells me, he says, uh, Timothy, I'm, I'm leaving you here. I'm leaving you with one of the local churches. 
to be his pastor, to be his overseer, to be his shepherd, uh, to lead them, to guide them in spiritual truth and knowledge, to protect them from false doctrine and, and things that would come in and try to tear them apart from the enemy working against them. He says, I leave you here with this, right? Big, tall ask. We understand that in this time in history that Nero has become the emperor of Rome, right? And if you just do a quick Google search of Nero, you will realize that Nero is one of the most destitute and awful people to ever rule over any kind of people, any empire, any state of nation, or whatever it may be. Nero was awful. He was considered a sociopath, a psychotic person, a monster, cruel and and just awful in the way that he treated People And he began to paint this picture, not just to himself, but to all of the Roman Empire and the surrounding world, that Christians were a danger for society. And he would go and he would burn them, he would crucify them, he would execute them at the drop of a hat. He hunted them down worse than any other regime ever probably, except Hitler at that time, to ever go after people for their religion. This was awful, what Nero did. Just awful, what Nero did to the Christians. And here's Timothy a young man overseeing a church in the Roman Empire. And you can imagine how Timothy was tired. How Timothy was tired. Put yourself in Timothy's shoes for a moment. This blossoming religion that is new, that is very much frowned upon by many of the the religious and social elites in society, Um, this, this religion that was basically put out as an enemy number one of the Roman Empire. This religion that no matter where you went or what you did, you know, if you whispered the name of Christ and it got to the wrong person, you were persecuted, you were killed ultimately. And here you are leading this church, leading this group of young people. It had its own issues, own, own problems, own things they were going through. And imagine how tired, how weary, how worn you would be during that. How easy it would be to get discouraged and downtrodden and just want to get up. How how easy it would be just to to lay in bed in the morning and be like, I just don't want to get up this morning, Lord. I just don't want to do what I know I'm supposed to do this morning, Lord. I know that there's this list. I know there's these responsibilities. I know there's these things that I need to do, that I'm supposed to do, that I'm called to do, that you've asked me to do, but I just don't know if I can because I'm tired. Maybe we've been. We've not been maybe that situation per se, but we've, we've been there in the mornings. We've been through hard times. We've been through a grieving process. We've been through upset periods in our, in our life. Things that went bad, and we're just in a difficult place in life. And we just lay in bed. We know we've got the kids. We know we've got all these things to do, responsibilities and things that are on us. And we just lay in bed and we think, I just don't know if I can today because I'm tired. I just don't know if I can today, Lord, because I, I just don't have it in me anymore. That's where we find Timothy. I just don't know if I can, Lord, because I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm tired of what I see. I'm tired of what I'm going through. I'm tired of what I'm facing. I'm tired of the pushback, the backlash, the, the rebelliousness that, I'm, that I'm, we're going through. I'm tired of all this hurt and this pain this suffering this grieving that I'm going through. I just don't know if I can because I'm just, I'm just too tired. And that's Timothy as he gets this letter from Paul. And Paul's not oblivious to this, right? We understand from the way he writes and everything like that, usually he mentions somebody has come to him bearing some message of what the church was going through, of what a person was going through, what was going on in that area. Because Paul is usually writing these letters from prison, so he can't go there himself. But he gets information from reputable sources, then he writes, led by the Holy Spirit, to these churches. And this is what the Holy Spirit moves within Paul to write to Timothy. Writing to a man that was tired, 
This is what Paul emphasizes. He reminds Timothy that you matter to others. This verse, it says, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Understand, Paul is in prison. Like I said, once again, ultimately everybody and all of them thought this was it for Paul. He's getting executed. He's in Rome now. Things are going really bad. Nero hates these people. Paul's not getting out of this. Paul takes time to write to Timothy. Imagine if you knew somebody that was going through the office season of their life and they send you a note of encouragement. How much it would make you feel important that, that somebody cares about you. That this person's lost this one and that one and going through all this and they're imprisoned and they're going through the worst time of their life. They're being tortured, no doubt. Barely getting any scraps of food and they've got the chopping block waiting for them and he took time to write to me. Not only that, he says, I pray for you night and day. Night and day. Imagine how it had to strike, strike Timothy in this moment where he felt like he could do nothing right. Everything was falling apart. He didn't know what to do. And he was just down and he was tired. And here Paul is, says, I pray for you, Timothy. You still matter to me. You still matter to God. You might be tired, Timothy. And you're going through some stuff, Timothy. And you're facing some battles, Timothy. And you might be ready to give up, Timothy, but you still matter. You still matter to others. And I want you to understand, this is what Timothy said, or this is what Paul's saying. This is Timothy's father figure in the spirit, right? It mentions Lois, his grandmother. It mentions Eunice, his mother. It doesn't mention his dad. Clear as that. We don't see a mention of Timothy's dad. Paul takes the position of a spiritual father figure for Timothy throughout the writings of Scripture that we have. We understand that. He says, my bro- my, basically, my son in the Spirit. You are my friend. You are close to me. I have took you under my wing. I have raised you in many aspects to be the man of God that you are. And he writes to him in this. And here Timothy is. This is his dad talking. right? I know it's Mother's Day, but it's this parent relationship kind of thing that he's got going on here. And he says, man, if he, he still cares about me. He's not forgotten me. He's not left me in this point. He's saying, this is Timothy's father. They're saying, Timothy, you still matter. You still have a role to play. You still have a position. You still have a job. You still have something that God has called you to do. You still matter. And this is me talking to you, talking to the single mothers that are you know, in different places, to the ones that just are playing double duty, to the ones that are bearing a lot and carrying a lot and have the weight of the world on them, the ones that feel like they just can't do it anymore. You still matter. You still matter. You might feel like nobody would notice if you're gone. You still matter. You might feel like that it doesn't matter if you got up in the morning, that that things would just fall into place and they would just pick up the slack. You still matter. You still matter to God in heaven that created the heaven and the earth and everything that exists within it. In seven days, the God that came and gave His Son to die on a cross for us to be saved, you matter to Him. You matter to him. And Paul is trying to get Timothy that's in this dark place of just weariness and brokenness and tiredness and saying, Timothy, you matter. You matter to me. You matter to God. You matter to those people that you're preaching to and talking to and leading to God. You still matter. And no matter what situation you find yourself in right now, whether you're being in a good time or you're in a bad time, you feel ready to go or you feel worn out and weary and don't want to get up in the morning, you matter to somebody. And you matter to God on high. And you matter to us. 
Now, this is its body of Christ. The Bible talks about how the brothers and sisters, how this ecclesia, that's what church basically turns into, is ecclesia, this gathering, this group of people that have one singular mind and purpose come together to worship God on high and to be the body of Christ. That's what the church is supposed to be. And the church means that when somebody is weary and tired and going through things, that no matter if you're a member, if you're a part, if you're associated with it, you matter to that group. You matter to them. So whatever you're going through, whatever you find your place in, no matter how destitute you feel, how worn out you are, how tired you've gotten, how much the enemy says just to give up and lay there and you don't ever have to get up again, you still matter. We talked about Elijah many of y'all before before the sermon. And before he, right after, he goes and, and does all these great things. Um, the Bible says that he went off to a place by a brook and he was tired. So tired that he was ready to die. Um, that's what the Bible tells us. Very clear. He says he goes to the brook and lays under a tree to die. And God comes and he gives him a little bread and he says eat, or the angel says eat and drink because you matter. You Used to matter. He took some, takes her to a mountain and he tells them all this stuff. He says, there's still those that haven't bowed a knee. You're going to take Elisha under your wing. You're going to raise him. You're going to do what you need to do with him to make sure that he's ready to take your place when time comes. You still matter. So it's it's time to get up. You you still matter. So that's what Paul is trying to, to, to elaborate to Timothy in this moment. Is that you still matter to people, Timothy. You still have a role to play. You still have a job to do. You still have responsibilities. You still matter. You matter to God in heaven on high that sees and knows everything you're going through. And you matter to this body of believers. Paul was a part of the body of believers for Timothy. He says, you still matter. But Paul continues. And he talks about how others have been there... Two. Verse 4 reads like this. He says, Remembering your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I thought that was such a strange thing to put there as I read through the scriptures. Remembering your tears. But if you go back, the Bible tells us that Paul went to this city where Timothy was. And for one last time, before this was written. And it says he went and he worshipped with them and he, and he preached to them, he talked with them. And he told me, he said, but I won't be back. That's what he says. He says, I won't be back. I won't get to come see you. I'd love to. And maybe if things change, but, but the way the Holy Spirit leads me and is telling me right now, I won't be back. And the Bible tells us that everybody there gathered around Paul and they wept, cried, and they kissed him. They, they, they rejoiced with him. They sent him off, right? He's telling Timothy, he says, I, I understand. I remember those tears that you cried to see somebody else leave because I know you've lost so many. And I want you to understand, some people call Paul the weeping apostle. Because there's multiple times in his scriptures and his books that he writes, and even Acts, where it talks about Paul weeping or crying. Over lost, over people, or losing people, over things going a certain way. That he wept and he cried a lot. So he understood what Timothy was feeling when Timothy crying, right? With Timothy mourning, with Timothy being sad. He said, I get it. I remember those tears you've shed. I've shed a bunch of them as well, Timothy. I understand 
where you've been, what you're going through, what you're facing. I know what it's like being tired crying over all those that you've lost, Timothy. I understand being tired of reaching out to those that are in need of Jesus and just being rejected and scorned. I understand that, Timothy. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to have this weight and this burden on you, Timothy, because I carry the same thing. You're not alone in that. I understand that, Timothy. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like. I felt alone just like you do. He's telling them others have been there too. You know who else has been there? In John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, the Bible tells us this story about Jesus. It says, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, though Jesus himself wasn't baptizing, but his disciples were, he left Judea and went again to Galilee. He said to, he had to travel through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. And it was about about noon. Jesus, worn out. Another translation says tired. Jesus, tired. Jesus, worn out. Well, oftentimes we think of God and we understand that He is just as much God as He is, as he is man. But we also don't, sometimes we don't think about that he, he experienced the frailty of the human body as we did. We don't understand that his, his feet grew blisters from the miles that he walked. That his, his stomach growled whenever he was hungry, and and they didn't, you know, things were, you know, they weren't at a place to eat yet, right? He under, we we don't understand that he. Bible says he didn't even have a place to lay his head. He he slept out in tents, and he slept out in the in the shepherds with the shepherds and things like that. We we don't we understand that, but we don't understand that that he felt the things that we did too, and that that he himself felt tired. That he understood what it meant to feel weary. What it felt to carry something. He carried a burden for his whole life. His whole ministry. Going to Gethsemane's garden. The Bible says that he cried until his tears became his blood. That he, That's a burden right there. That's a weight right there. That's a heaviness right there that makes you get to that point. He understands you're tired. And he understands you're weary. And he understands you're carrying this load and you feel like it's too great for you and that you just can't keep doing this, that you can't keep getting up in the mornings, that you can't keep going through the motions, that you just can't keep doing what you're supposed to do because you're just so tired. He understands what it's like to be tired. He gets that. He knows that. He sees that. He went through that. The Bible says in Hebrews that, that just paraphrasing here, that we have a high priest that is that understands every single thing that we went through. Every single thing that we face. That means the physical aches and pains and the suffering. His back hurt. His knees hurt. His feet hurt. He got tired. He got weary. He got hungry. He got sad. He got emotional. He had bad days. He had good days. He understands what it's like to be a human. And he understands that sometimes you just feel tired. He understands looking at mothers that are carrying a lot and saying, I know you're you're tired. He understands looking at, at people that maybe are single or maybe going through difficult times, or maybe have lost loved ones that and, and they just have lost everybody, it feels like, and just saying, I know that you feel tired. I know what that 
that it feels like to be to be tired. And I want you to understand that. It's very easy when we're tired um, to allow the enemy to begin to speak into us and speak into our lives and to, and to whisper things in our mind and to believe them and to gra- grasp onto them and just to hold onto them and think that that's true, that's real, that's, that's right. So we get tired and the enemy wants to tell you you're alone. The enemy wants to tell you that nobody cares. The enemy wants to tell you that nobody understands. But I want you to know people have walked in your shoes. People have been down that path. People have fought similar battles. People have went through different same valleys. People have climbed the same mountain that you have before. The Bible talks about how we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses. It's referring to those that have come before, that have went through it, that have walked through it, that have done it, that have been tired, that have been hurt, that have went through hard times. Others understand, and others have been there too. And Timothy could very easily just be like, nobody understands what I'm going through in this moment, in this time, in this season. I'm tired and I'm alone and I want to give up and I don't want to get up and I don't want to do anything today. I don't want to do what God wants me to anymore. I just want to stop. But Paul says, I get it. I remember those tears. I've, I've shed tears like that too. I've shed tears for those that we've lost too. I've cried over the burden that we carry, the similar burden that we carry. I understand what it's like to be tired. I understand. So I want you to know that that you matter to others and that others have been there too. But I love this part. I love what he gets into here. He tells me, he says, there's something inside you. There's something inside you. Verse 5 and 6 reads like this. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. If you want to talk about what these first couple of verses in the, in the second book of Timothy are about, it's to rekindle and to remind Timothy you still have something in you to do. And you still have a calling on your life and you still have something that God is working on you and working through you to do in Him. And He reminds him of what's inside of him. I love what Peter said in one of his epistles. He said, I would that I would stir up your pure minds of remembrance. To remember. Remember what God has done. Remember what God has worked within you. Remember what God is, is doing in your life and in your situation. What He has done before. I would that I could stir it up. Get it to a place where maybe it's fallen under some of the levels of, of pain and suffering and the things that went on in your life and more relevant things at this time and this season, what you're going through, so they can bring it back to the top and remember what God has done, what God is doing in you. He says, you've got something inside you. He says, I know it's there. He says, I saw it in your grandmother Lois, I saw it in your mother Eunice, I saw it in you, and I know it's still there. He says, rekindle it, remember it, bring it back up, restart stir it again, get it back to the forefront, that gift that God has put in you. Remember that, that there is something inside you. You've got something inside you that's bigger than your problems. You've got something inside you that's bigger than your burdens. You've got something inside you that's bigger than the thing that's making you tired and weary and worn out. You've got something that's bigger than anything else in the world that you may come to face, that mountain, that valley, that struggle, that, that whatever's going on, what's inside you is bigger than that. He's saying, Timothy, you've got something inside you that Nero can't shake a stick at. You've got something inside you that no matter what they send against you, and no matter how many people rebuke you and scorn you, it ain't going to change that. You've got something 
inside you. Something stronger, something greater, something bigger. You all know I watched lots of VeggieTales growing up. About there, there, about, there's one song that VeggieTales sings. God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla marched on TV. I think I've probably said that before. But he's bigger than everything. And he reminds them, Timothy, there's something inside you. Remember what's going on in there. I know everything else is just weary and burdensome and you're tired and you just want to fall over and you just want to go to sleep and you just want to give up and you just don't want to try anymore. But remember what's inside you is bigger than all that. You might be like, yeah, that's great. But you just might be, I just don't have it in me to keep going, to keep trying, to keep pushing. I'm just, I'm just too tired. Philippians 1.6 says this. It says, I'm sure of this. That he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You're too tired. But that Holy Spirit that's within you has just got started. You're too tired to keep going. And you're too tired to get up in the morning. And you're too tired to try again to do what God has called you to do. And you're too tired to continue to do the things that you're responsible for, to do the things that you know you're called to do. You're too tired to get up in the morning and face those challenges again. But that Holy Spirit within you, it's not tired right now, right? It's got, it's going to give you the strength that you need, the grace that you need. Let's go back to what, what was the first thing that he said to him. Oh, here, I should have saved it the first time. He says, To Timothy, my dearly loved son, Grace, mercy, and peace. You're too tired. But that thing that's within you is going to provide you the grace that you need to get through this battle. You're too tired, but that thing that's inside you is going to give you mercy so that you forgive yourself for those mistakes that you've made, for the times that you fail, for the ways that you come short, for feeling like you're not a good mommy or a good daddy or a good this or a good that or a good Christian. That thing inside you is bigger than those regrets, and it's going to help you get through that. That thing that's inside you, it's going to give you peace when you just feel this burden and you feel this weariness and you feel this shaking inside you and you just don't feel like you can get up in the morning. It's going to give you that peace and that comfort to know that it's still there. That thing inside you is, is still there. Still stirring. Still working. Still using you. Still trying to accomplish what God has called you to do. And you may be tired. But this thing in here isn't tired of using you and working with you. And helping you. Or showing you mercy and grace and guidance and strength and help and peace and comfort when you need it. It's not tired of doing that. That thing inside you is still there. And that's what he wants to. He's trying to remind Timothy. He says, Timothy. Timothy. He says, if I was there, I'd hug you. If I was there, I'd, I'd comfort you. If I was there, I'd try to help you in this. But I'm not there. But guess what? That thing inside you still is. And mommy and daddy from, might be gone for a long time now. And pastor and this one and this one, that, well, that this spiritual leader, this one that you love, they might be gone for a long time now. That thing inside you is still there, Timothy. He says, I might not be there. We don't know if his mother or grandmother passed away, but we know his dad wasn't a big part of his life. He said, but he said, your dad might not be there. He said, other people might have left you and forsaken you, Timothy. But that thing inside you is still there. There's something inside each and every one of us. So 
So I want to speak to each and every one of you today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But you might have came in tired. You might have came in weary. You might have came in broken. You might have came in tired of the way that you've been living. You might have came in tired of, of, of trying to do what is right. You may have come in tired of living the life that God wants you to live. You may have come in tired of facing the challenges that life has to throw at you. You may have come in tired of the mountain that you feel like you've been climbing for months and years now. I want you to know there's something inside you that's going to give you the strength the grace, the mercy, and peace that you need to get through this. Just that enough. Just that enough. Right? I love... I'm going to a lodge and a loss a lot today. I love... Right? The Bible says there's a famine in the land and they go to the woman and everything and he says, hey, what you're doing? She says, I want, she says, I want to make a cake and I want to bake it and everything and then me and my son are going to go in here and die because there's nothing else to live for. That's a mama, right? She's going to make sure her baby has a little bit of something but she's going to be with that young until the end of the line. And she said, well, me and my, my son, we're going to make a cake and we're going to go in we're going to die and we're just going to go on to whatever comes after. And he says, wait just a minute there. He says, bake that cake for me first. And he says, God will not leave you in doubt. And the mama, the mama saw that there might be a chance to take care of her baby, to take care of that child. She followed the working of the Holy Spirit within her. There was something inside of her, right? There was something that disturbed, that just made her think, that just whispered in her ear, do it. Bible says she goes and she does. And the Bible says that she goes and she's, she's just basically, it never it doesn't fill up her barrel. The Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't fill up her crucible. The Bible doesn't say that. But it says she always had enough to make another cake. Always had enough to make another meal and to provide for her. That thing that's inside you, it might not be that gives you just the energy to run a marathon, but it'll give you enough to get through the day. Amen? We go to the Old Testament with the manna that falls from heaven. What does he say? He says, get what you need for today. Because I'll send for tomorrow what you need for tomorrow. Amen. That thing inside you, it's going to take care of today. You're tired today. It's going to take care of you today. That thing inside you, you might be tired tomorrow. It's going to take care of you tomorrow. You might be tired next week. You might be tired a month from now. A year from now. You might go from from the day that you're born to the day that you die. And you're always tired. But it'll get you through. Amen. That thing inside you is big enough to get you through the things that wear you out, wear you thin, get you down, get you broken, burden you down. It's bigger than that. And it's big enough to get you through. He says, Timothy, there's something inside you. There's still something inside you. So I want you to know, mamas, going through a hard time with your youngins, with your family, there's something inside you that's going to get you through this. Families, individuals that are hurt, going through hard times, you're just tired, you're weary. You're a child of God. There's something inside you that'll get you through this. No matter how weary you are, how down you are, how sad you are, how broken you are, there's something inside you. It says that faith. Remember that faith and rekindle the gift of God that is within you. There's something inside you. Amen. So I pray that you leave today. No matter how you came in, if you came in weary, you came in broken, you came in tired, you came in just ready to give up, you barely got up this morning, right? If it wasn't Mother's Day, you would have just stayed in bed and you would have just laid, laid around and you wouldn't have done nothing. If it wasn't Mother's Day, you probably wouldn't have even tried this weekend. But because it was, you got up and you got here. I pray that you leave knowing that that thing that's inside you, that Holy Spirit that we are imbued with when we accept Jesus Christ into our life, it's big enough and good enough and strong enough and merciful enough and gracious enough to get you through. To get you through the hard days. The bad times. Just to get you through. Amen.
So I pray you leave with that knowledge and understanding.